Welcome into the Tickets Basketball Postgame Show. Featuring Derek Pearson and former Husker and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! You're gonna go out of here. That's a big eight tournament champion. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome to the Basketball Post Game Show. I'm Jake Bachman, Big Sky, running the boards, producing for us. And, of course, uh, the Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet Eric Strickland, joining us as well to wrap up the Nebraska Post Game Show here as the Nebraska did win 88-74 to over Kennesaw State. And it was a pretty performance, I think, on offense. Finally, we can all breathe a nice sigh of relief. We have some good basketball to talk about. I'm not sure if the, the, the quality of the opponent is what you're going to see in the next uh, month, but it's a good start for Nebraska in what I was kind of deeming a get-right game for them. Hopefully, it carries into the next game, but tonight looked like a get-right game. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, Honda of Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685, or hit us up on the starter Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. Uh, but, of course, we also want to hear um, from the Husker Hall of Famer himself, Eric Strickland. Eric, uh, how are you doing tonight? What did you see out there from the Huskers? <laughs> well, <laughs> let me just say uh, I can put a smile on my face. It's good to see that they got it got it going again tonight. But also, I would um, I would venture to say it got off to a very, very rocky start. And so it was a little worrying um, uh, the way they started the game. So uh, they were able to kind of settle in, figure some things out. They got after it defensively. And then um, I would like to say that Alonzo Verge showed me a lot uh, tonight. That's if he plays that way, then um, I think they'll they'll do do well and they'll win some games. Um, he was under control. Uh, he was poised. Yes, he did have some turnovers. Uh, some of them, a few of them were bad. Some of them were just kind of they happened. But um, but the assist numbers tonight and and the shot numbers is where I think he needs to be anywhere between eight to 11, depending on how he's got it going. And he got his people involved. He got his team involved. Uh, then you find T Tominaga got it going. So uh, the numbers show tonight. Those are some things we talked about with regard to the recipe. We'll dig into, I'm sure, you know, in the, in the hour. But uh, other than that, it was good to see them. I mean, the kid on a burden on the other side, too, was was absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, that's a great find for Kennesaw State. I mean, if he jumped in the portal, I'm sure somebody would take a kid like that. The kid just plays plays the game the way it's supposed to be. And and uh, he was very active. There's no one that can keep him in front. And Verge is a very good defender. Kobe's a very good defender. Tamanaga's okay. But he was just seemed like he can get anywhere he wanted to. And so... Uh, other than that, they did well. Uh, I think the rebounding numbers, again, is very disappointing against this Kennesaw team because <laughs> it's, 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 it, it can be worse when you look at the, uh, the Big Ten uh, games that they're going to have to face. So they've got to work that number. There's, I mean, they just can't allow a team like this. I mean, that's, that was the one thing I saw early on. and They just can't allow a team like this to just out-rebound you by almost 10. Uh, actually by 11. So um, 
those are some of the things that I saw, but we'll we'll dig more into it and get get more detailed as we get into the show. Yeah, it's it's almost as if the rebounds are just like you know it's it's going to be tough tough to come by, and maybe you could see some more effort uh, in there. Um, they did get you know kind of a, a burst from that, that's a great word. Yeah, Bach effort. That's where it comes from, bro. That that's a great word. But go ahead, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they still have a ways to grow from there. But I still think that they, they did make their strides. Again, I don't know if Kennesaw State's the best team. Like you said, Burden probably ha- might have an argument for being one of the best players out there. The best stat line of the night, even though Verge w- had his own very impressive stat line close to a triple-double. But um, it, it was it was just kind of a fun game to watch because Nebraska, it seemed like, and at times, like you said, the beginning of the game was rocky. The second half wasn't completely, you know, they weren't running, um, and you know, like a – like a four cylinder car there, but they're they got it going there for a second. Like they, they, the the corner three. I mean, I, I, what else can you can you say about it? They 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 we've been waiting all year for Nebraska to finally be show that they have these shooters, and tonight it showed. Fifteen of twenty nine from the field, uh, fifty five close to fifty six percent on the evening. That was the first half and the second half. I think the uh, the first half they were nine of seventeen, so that was like fifty three percent. So it was even throughout the game, and it was because of the quality of looks that they were getting. And like you're saying, uh, Alonzo Verge helping to set many of those up in the first half but you know kind of whether it's, it's Tom and Auger or, or, or Mayan or even Verge himself Lakes I mean they got going in the in especially in the corner and and I wanted to ask you about that because I know that's a there's a big difference in kind of uh what a basketball player can bring to the table if they can hit that corner three and certainly for what a team can bring to the table if they can hit that corner three uh kind of open up spacing quite a bit Absolutely. And and the way that it was created tonight was in two ways. One, we talked about uh, on, not only on your show, but we talked about on the show last night on the Strict Nine show, the, um, we talked about the part of pushing and probing. Um, what, what Verge did tonight was phenomenal in that he didn't over-penetrate or he didn't over-dribble. So he got to the spot, he created the help, and he delivered the ball. And those are nice rhythm, uh, great shots that you can take. And those are a lot of the ones. And, and then you also saw the second the second part of it was getting it inside to Walker, whether it be on the pick and roll or whether it be from an entry pass or whether it be from him finding himself in the middle of the paint and him kicking it out. And then you're getting a good shot off of that. And they were hitting them. Uh, Wilcher was hitting them. Uh, Tamanago was hitting them. Mayan got going early, fell off a little bit. Um, Tom, Tamanaga, all of them were getting those open looks off of that penetration. Now, so here's the difference between tonight and a good big team, a big 10 team. You're playing Kennesaw State. It's one of the worst defensive teams by the numbers in the league. They're like three, they're, they're like 300 and something out of, percentages for uh, the uh, the opposing team yeah. and so they're very bad defensive team okay so you can have one you can have two touch passes that you find an open shot with a bad team right two touch passes what i mean by that for the listeners is you can have a drive a one pass and then something else that's what you found on the pick and roll so that's the one pass and then the second pass is a second touch, right? Good teams, you're going to need three to five touch. Minimum. Minimum three. 
that would be the pick and roll or the drive penetration, the kick out, the next drive, the kick, and then the next pass. That's where the so, so that's where you find the, the guy in the corner that usually. you got tonight. Huh? That's where you find the guy in the corner again. Yeah, usually. Right. Right. But that that it's gonna it's not gonna be that one one and then good teams. No, it's yeah. not gonna happen that way. That's where the discipline has to come in, and that's why I was proud of what Fred did early because it set the tone for them having good shots as you got later into the first half and then also going into the second half. That's where the good shots he took. He took Tamanaga out. He took Bryce McGowan out. Wilcher took a good three because that was a penetration drive and a kick to the top, so he didn't get to come out. But everybody that you found was taking badge to include Verge at one point, he got him out early. And so he set the tone for what was 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 to come of a a good shooting night tonight by discipline. Yeah, and it was really it was really cool to see. I mean, because that's uh, kind of what Hoiberg said going into this game is that that was going to happen, and we've kind of been waiting for these adjustments and the and kind of you know just kind of pushing the right buttons from Hoiberg. And to do that with Tom and Og and McGowan's, we were kind of left wondering into the, going into this game is well, is he just saying that or what does that mean? You know, who still has the green light? And if anybody has the green light on this team, it's Tom and Og and McGowan's. And uh, so it was kind of cool to send that message early. And it, it wasn't, you know, it, it, it's like it never has to be. Like sometimes when we talk about replacing quarterback especially, and that's going to football, but it, we, we could get into this whole thing of, you know, that it's just this permanent thing and that other guy will never go back. Sometimes it's just to take them out, to tell them, hey, you, you're not untouchable here. We need, you know, uh, we're going to need you to work as a team. And so, you know, in the basketball instance, they got right back in. Tominaga had one of his best nights as a Husker. Uh, and, you know, McGowan's got going too and was allowed to take. The one thing I am interested as I, you know, kind of, process the information was is McGowan's going to be allowed to take those really long distance NBA threes um, because he he's he's continued to do that throughout the night and didn't get pulled eventually and I wonder if that's just something that Mc, that McGowan's um, maybe is partially kind of working on he he's made it clear he wants to be an, a one and done type of guy do you think that that's something that he wants to continue pushing and that's kind of maybe something in recruiting that you want to allow to him to keep doing or do you think that that's just enough of a quality shot that he should be keep taking it I would advise against it because it doesn't matter you know a team will know and recognize that you have range so you don't have to show them in 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 a game situation that you have range there's enough scouting um what you want to what they want to be able to see is that you can consistently shoot you know so so taking those shots is only going to put yourself in a position especially if it's not good enough it's a good shot and you know you've got the range and you can make that, then okay. But if it's a bad one off of like what he did earlier in the game, I, I would advise against it. Um, I think I think some things that you saw for Bryce that are going to be a detriment to him being a one and done, getting into the lottery type of one and done. Right. Um, he could be it definitely, I think he could probably just off his abilities and potential upside would definitely probably get into the second round. As I look at it now, um, I don't see him as a first round player at this particular stature in his, in his game. And that's okay. He's still young. He's still got time. And an example of that would be what I saw. It was probably around, it was in the second half, I think 
he had a situation. I can explain the situation. You may be able to re remember. It was, oh, it was about 14 minute mark. And uh, what we found is McGowan's, we talked about him being straight up. Yeah. Right. We talked about how he plays high. We saw that on a couple of times where he was driving to the basket. He got an offensive foul um, because he tried to use leverage instead of using strength and, 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 being low to be able to beat the guy because once you get a head and shoulder by a guy if you're low there's nothing he can do do with you if you're standing up then a slight bump you know throws you off balance you may not be able to take the same shot you definitely got no mid-range because you're not able to elevate because you'd have to drop and then raise so he tried to do what they call a rip and go right but he was too straight up and he ends up losing the ball. He ends up falling on his face, and it ends up being a turnover, right? Yeah. That's Those are things that scouts are looking for when, you know, just different types of things of that nature because you're not going to be able to get those as foul calls when you're when you're in the in – the, I mean, in college, they make they could call that a foul. But in the NBA, nah. You know, you, you, you get a little – you get a little nudge, a little bump. I mean, they don't like hands, but – the yeah. players are strong enough with hips and shoulders and, you know, arms and stuff like that to not allow you to be able to make those types of moves if you're straight up. So those are some things that I, I'd see. But he he definitely still played with poise, you know, for the most part. Um, he's played under control. They made the extra pass earlier in the half. I saw a five-play combination for a corner three that was open. He just missed it. You know, and, and and you as a coach, you can just say, you know what, I'm okay with that. So, you know, those are some things we see in 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 definitely Walker's numbers. I'd like to see a few more, but I think he did. I think he got to that eight to ten shots because he had three free throws as well. So, you know, you can add a couple of free throws um, that that were shot attempts, but not counted because it's all obviously a free throw except the and one situation. Yeah. So Yeah. And I, I don't know if McGowan's had his, his best game tonight, but I want to continue talking about him because obviously he's fascinating. Uh we gotta take a quick break, but when we come back around the corner, I wanna I wanna dive into about ask you about if you've played with players that have been straight up and how long it kind of takes them to adjust to that. Because I think you're right on that. I think that's something he's gonna have to adjust to. But uh, we got uh Tomanaga Mania, Doc Sadler wearing a green sweater, red panda was there, all sorts of fun tonight from Pinnacle <laughs> Bank Arena as Nebraska beats Kansas State 8874. We'll have more coming up next here on the post game show for basketball on 93.7 The Ticket. Welcome into the Tickets Basketball Post Game Show featuring Derek Pearson and former Husker and nine year NBA vet Eric Strickland. Strickland for three. You're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. This is the Nebraska basketball postgame show here on 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, Eric Strickland, of course, the former Nebraska basketball great. Still a Nebraska basketball great. That, you can never take that away from him. Uh, and also a longtime NBA player joining us uh, to break down the Huskers' 88-74 win over Kennesaw State. Nebraska improves to 6-7 and seven on the year. And, uh, of course, our friend DP, who's usually on the post-game show, out enjoying himself in New York. But I know, as an ode to him, we at least better run through the scores before we get into too much talking, or the stats, I should say, uh, for Nebraska basketball. Nebraska was led by uh, Tom Naga tonight, 18 points. 
points. He kind of got caught fire from beyond the arc. Four of seven on the game. Uh, seven of 12 overall uh, from the floor for Tamanaga tonight. Uh, so he led them in the scoring uh, column. Led overall probably by Alonzo Verge, who was pretty close to a triple-double. 16 points, 12 assists, seven rebounds, also seven turnovers. So, uh, again, he's had he's been more turnover-prone the last couple of games, but uh, it, you know also making it happen with the career-high 12 assists there. Uh, but the production elsewhere was basically from everybody. Everybody got in the action tonight. Bryce McGowan's had 11 and four. Uh, Derek Walker also with 11 and four rebounds as well. Uh, the other starter tonight, Lat Main, hit a couple threes to get six points on the board. Trevor Lakes from out of nowhere with eight points tonight. He was one of six entering tonight's game. He hit a couple threes and finished three of five from the floor. Uh, eight points for C.J. Wilcher, uh, three of his own there. Six points for Kobe Webster, three for Eduardo Andre, and one for Keon Edwards coming there at the end. Um, but uh, to get back to our conversation, I did want to continue about Bryce McGowan's because it is the story of, of this year. Um, certainly, hopefully, won't fall all onto the Bryce McGowan's developing thing. Hopefully, the wins can pile up for Nebraska, so uh, we can talk more about that. But uh, it is interesting to see uh, the young man develop. Again, maybe not the best game tonight uh, out there from him, um, but still developing. And, and something that we've been watching is him is is Strick. You've been saying he's standing, kind of playing up to straight. Um, and you can kind of see it out there where if he kind of got lower, he can use his athleticism a little bit more and, and kind of learn to leverage himself. Um, have you played with players that, that have kind of had that similar problem, and how long does it take to adjust to that? I mean, is it is it a simple fix, or is it going to take some time? Well, first you have to kind of – you have to be able to acknowledge it and, and see it, and you have to have someone to see it and be able to teach it. And teach it from a standpoint of understanding, because what happens is if you try to change someone or change someone's style, um, what will end up happening is they may rebel, right? So if you try to change someone, like somebody may have a bad or awkward shooting style, i.e. Lonzo Ball, right? Who had been used to coming from across his face all his life. But now actually has a good stroke yeah. because he had to finally. But it didn't it didn't happen right away because he didn't do it in college. And then he'd had to get to the NBA to where there was inconsistencies. And you understand that you have to have some consistency in order to be successful in that league. Otherwise, the scouting reports will eat you up. And so he had to adapt that. So therefore, you have to acknowledge it. You have to then go watch probably some film on it. And then give them understanding as to why it makes it different because you want to go to the next level, right? Here's why it makes sense to do this. Here's what you'll be able to do and have some film ready on individuals like Michael Jordan or individuals like Kevin Durant, you know what I mean? But Kevin Durant's an anomaly, even though he's, he looks like he plays up, he doesn't, you know, he definitely is low. Right. Um, you want some Tracy McGrady people that have that similar body type to him and show them why like a Tracy McGrady or, or a Vince Carter or someone of that similar stature would, it makes sense for you to play low because then when you drive to the basket, when you need to elevate and you need to finish or you, you know, watch your brother, (laughs) your brother plays very low and, when he gets to when he gets by you classic on that first one, he may be putting you in the rim. It's because he's low and ready to, you know, bounce. Yeah. So 
that that's just a little observation. Yeah, and I, I've kind of seen that too. So I think we'll we'll see him uh, probably develop that, and and we'll see how you know how much of that he's working. Oh, John on. Morant's another one, Bob. Yeah. John Morant, like watch John Morant. He gets real low, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> John um, Morant give you that thing. Oh yeah, yeah. that part. What do you think about the? By the way, the, the there's some Memphis fans booing him because he's been <laughs> they've been doing better without him. I mean, how do you do that to your one? You finally get a big asset, and now you have some silly fans bothering him about it. That would be the worst thing you could do is to run that kid like that out oh, of a small I know. market team. Yeah, that'd be the worst thing you can do. I was, I was um, surprised. You to see you that. you want him to be Bach. You want him to be uh, Damian Lillard. Right. Right. Damien could have been gone from Portland a long time ago. Oh, yeah. But he showed he showed a lot of, you know, integrity, showed a lot of, you know, stick and stay. And and and, and he was going to stick it out and see it through. That'd be the worst thing you do is run a kid like John Moran off. I did want to ask you since we're on on basketball. I did want to ask you tonight. I know you you played for the, my my Celtics, a big fan of the Celtics, and you helped them get to the Eastern uh, Division Conference Finals uh, one year. And I believe it was the same year that Iso Joe was on the Celtics. He was there for a brief Fast. amount of time, and now the man's back in the league tonight with the Celtics. I love to see it uh, at forty years old, coming off some big three MVPs. But what I mean, I, I was that's one of the most frustrating things as a Celtics fan when you look back at the trades to get rid of Joe Johnson, who maybe could have grown up along with uh, Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker there at the time. Um, could you, could, could you see it with Joe in, in his rookie year or was, there, or was there a reason it wasn't quite uh, sprouted that way? And they, and they decided to trade him. No nonsense, Joe, you know, that's how he started off. Right? Yeah. He just, he just, he just played with just this. But you know, you could tell he was going to, be a phenomenal player. I mean, if you just really just look into, you know, the kid and, and, and what he's got, you could tell he was going to be good, but he just, he just, he had something that it didn't really fit with the, the, you know, like, for example, we used to call the, the garden, the, the jungle. He didn't seem to fit. Uh, he's too with freestyle. That. He was, yeah, you know, he didn't seem to fit with that, you know, gritty, that grimy, you know, that get in the dirt, get in the trenches type of yeah. game that, that we were playing at the time. So I think they gave up a little too early on him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he, 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 and, and here's why, because he and Joe Forte were very similar in their, just the way they're, you know, it's what it seemed like. Yeah, and so because of that box, that I think they just kind of just said, you know what, let's let's see if we can get some form, yeah, know, type of deal. Yeah, and, and Joe they Ford- had they had Kedrick Brown. I, yeah. I knew he wasn't, you know, he was just very athletic, and I think they had like three first round picks that that year, and I think they got Joe Forte at the end. Yeah. And so it was, yeah, they felt they had too many. Joe Forte was always one of my favorites. Were you there the um, when he brought a Lakers jersey to the Celtics game? <laughs> <laughs> I used to try to tell the kid, I'm like, man, you know, you know, see, that's what happens sometimes when you come from a, 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 a tremendous program like North Carolina and then you find yourself as a rookie and 
they're making you you got to come early you got to do you got to do work extra work stay early you got to play the game you got to learn that this now a business baby it ain't it ain't nothing personal it's a business and so what would end up happening is he was just kind of whatever and then when he'd get his shot he wouldn't be ready so you know because it'd be like hey joe and he'd go in and then he would be trying to get it off but he hadn't worked he hadn't worked that pace he worked that nonchalant yeah. and so when you get in and the speed you know it just didn't it didn't work out for him so he yeah, she was out of the league in what four years think, yeah yeah which was a, was, he's all american at north carolina so he had some potential yeah. but uh anyway we better get back to modern day nebraska basketball again uh with eric strickland it's, it's always fun to check in on some of those nba players again with the iso joe getting hit in the league i thought it was kind of cool to talk about one of his former teammates um but uh again nebraska with an 88 to 74 win over kennesaw state um how much do you think of this can move to the Big Ten? I mean, how much of this was um, – because it was it's beautiful to watch, like you said, at times. But that defense, I mean, they dared Alonzo Verge to shoot from inside the free throw line. They wouldn't even come toward him. They said, you go ahead Scouting and take report. that shot. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. But they also, like you know, like you said, it's kind of that two-pass thing or, or kind of that where Trevor Lakes is just kind of trailing and nobody picks him up. Tamanaga even did that. You have to know about Tamanaga in the scouting report. So how much of this do you think is Kennesaw State where Nebraska started to get their offense going and, and looked pretty and hit all those threes? Or how much of this is uh, Nebraska working on that because it looked to be more movement and, and, and it looked like there was more of a point guard, a better point guard element out of Verge tonight. So is it a combination of those things? I think it was a multi-prong. I think it was a multi-prong thing. One, it was good that it was a Kennesaw State because then you can do multiple things. You can then use discipline because you kind of know that you're a better team, right? Yeah. You can you can enforce your discipline. You can also get them to operate within the scope of the game plan. Then you get them to get the looks because they're a bad defensive team. So now you're getting a little bit more confidence about yourself in those different areas. And then you get to watch some good film on why you need to play this way. And then why this has to be a progression. It can't be a regression. It can't go back because just because don't, don't, don't get to smelling yourself and thinking that, you know, we can just come out and it's just going to be hunky dory and easy peasy. You know, it's not going to be like that. you got to then now you've got to train the progression and you watch film on an Ohio State. You break down the film. You see where their 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 defensive weaknesses are. Do they close out strong? Are they very good at rotations? What do they like to do in the post? You watch all of those different things and then you finally scheme off and talk to your team about what is the the ways that we're going to get our shots. It's not going to be this. And you can show contrast. Kennesaw State, here, this is what happened. Contrast of what it needs to look like. You know, so then you'll show that, that you know, you saw that they had a shot a couple times, but guys were running at them real hard. They shot fake, they drove, went to the next, next progression, right? So you have to show that you've got to get to that two or uh, three to five touch in order to get a good shot. Yeah. This same shot can come. But it ain't going to come in a two-touch. It's not going to come that way. Yeah, so, so, I mean, it's at least a good start for them to get it going regardless. I mean, you, yeah. it's a good scheduled game. It was a get-right game, and it yes. was a, a start to it, I think. And, you know, it, it's the kind of effort and, and the kind of offense that you just kind of seen. You know, at, at times it's just kind of stagnant when Verge – 
really just does penetrate too deep and then kind of gets lost and he wants to force up a shot. Um, whereas tonight it was kind of an idea to move the ball around, get s several guys touching the ball, and you know maybe it would start to 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 set something up. I like to see that because even if it doesn't get you. Uh, a great shot. At least you have having given it a try for more than just relying all the way on Verge all game long. Uh, certainly, there were possessions where he would push it, and that's still what you want out of out of a player of his capability. So, um, just kind of a, a little bit better of a balance. I thought about that tonight, and I think Nebraska fans can be excited uh, or can feel good even if you lose a game uh, with that type of offense if they move the ball around. Now, it wasn't all pretty. They still had 17 turnovers. Definitely need to clean up on that, um, but. It, it, it looked better going into conference play. Let me run through uh, <laughs> let me run through the month of January for Nebraska as it stands right now. Their next game is against number 14 Ohio State. After that they have at number 11 Michigan State, then they have at Rutgers, same team that beat number three Purdue in their building. Then they have Illinois who had a preseason all-American in Kofi Coburn. he's going to be a, must, a lot to deal with. Then they have at Purdue, that number three team I was talking about against Indiana, the team that already beat them, at Ohio State, the number 14 team in the nation, and then against Wisconsin, the number <laughs> Wisconsin, the number 24 team in the nation, and then finally you get Rutgers, who, like we said, already beat Purdue, but at least you get them at their house, and then you get to play at Michigan on February 1st, who we've already seen it has outmatched Nebraska in the past. I mean, if you look at all that, that is a grind if I've ever heard of one. Um, I'd have to think they're maybe they're favored that Rutgers game at home. But other than that, I don't think they're favored this month. It's a gauntlet. It's definitely a gauntlet. And I would be I would be challenging my team. Like, okay, you guys dropped the ball early on. You gave up the ghost. You played world be free, you know, easy about the way you were handling your business with no discipline. You get discipline right now. And I would challenge them. Look them dead in their eyes. They're, this is, they're, you know, they're no better than Auburn. They're no better than NC State. But at the end of the day, if you run this gauntlet, you take care of every, every one of these home games, you go into one of these and play like you did against NC State, you run this gauntlet, you never know how you may fare when you jump into a – you may jump into the, the top 25, and we may make a run at this thing. You know what I mean? We're only 0-2 yeah. in conference. You can actually turn this thing around. You've got to run through this gauntlet. Do you have the heart – I look them dead in their face. Do you have the heart to take this challenge, or are you going to lay down and, 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 and uh, get knocked out like Mike Tyson or something? Yeah, you know, you you know, remember how you used to walk in the ring with Mike Tyson back in the day? Uh, you were you maybe were too young, but <laughs> I remember but back a in little the day, bit of Mike. Yeah, you were young, but yeah, but back in the day, man, when people used to walk in the 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 ring with Mike Tyson, they would they would literally bow. It was it was it was already done, until you know uh, a couple of people took the challenge, looked him dead in the eye, and said, "I don't care who you are, I'm I'm." I'm in this. And they took them the distance or they took them to the long haul. Or they even knocked them out in some instances. Right. Yeah. So if they can do that and look them in the face in this time, they can change the whole dynamic. Everybody and their mama will forget what happened in the beginning of the season.
right? Yeah. That's how I would challenge them. I like that because like, I think they're not going to hear a whole lot of that outside of the locker room, right? Like I just said, they're not going to be favored and, and they're, they're going to be hearing right now, okay, well, that was just Kennesaw State or whatever. But you you need to build and, and, and take this, you know, take this little momentum you have. You're just coming off a five-game losing streak. You have finally something to build with. And it wasn't just a win. I mean, I think there was certainly a chance that Nebraska was going to win tonight and, and we were going to walk away going, yeah, but I don't know if much has changed. I mean, they did gut that one out, but, uh, you know, I just don't see it. I didn't it. see that. Yeah, tonight I, 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 I didn't saw see some that. things where they're they're kind of maybe turning a corner. Certainly by far their yeah. best shooting performance of the night so or, of the season, which is something yeah. we've been told was in them for a long time. I just feel like... You know, and, and Head, Hoiberg's been saying it all year. Well, some of those are good shots. Those were the best shots I've seen all year. I mean, as far as a lot of just open, you know, offense, you know, moving of the ball, finding the open man. Um, and so, again, it, it might not be as easy against the better opponents that you're about to play, but that's the idea. I mean, that's what you're looking for. And that's and now you, they see that's the results if they if you get that type of shot open. Let me give you an example. Okay of what I'm talking about so we can just really put it in into perspective. When, when And we'll talk about your favorite team. When I was with the Celtics, one of the things that the um, us as players were hearing coming out of media day was that we were the second to the last, if not the last, you know, best team in the East. Okay. Yeah. We all had chips on our shoulders and we were all dogs in our own little way, right? Kenny Anderson, straight out of NY, Eric Williams, New Jersey, you know, grimy, you know, me, Tony Batiste, straight out of South Dallas, you know, Paul Pierce out of Inglewood, you know, Twan out of South South. I mean, listen, we was all. You know, even though I came from Nebraska, you know, I was still a dog about mine, right? Yeah, you got to stand up for Omaha, that. too. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. we all looked at that, and we said, we said, what? We said, man, you kidding me? But Tali Potapinko, you know, out of yeah. the Russian Federation. <laughs> I mean, we right. all was just like, are you, what, really? This how you, okay. And we all took it on ourselves, individually and collectively, and we said, we're going to beat the brakes off people when we see them. You know what I mean? And we yeah. ended up with the second best record in it. That's what I'm trying to say. If if the dog is in this team, that's how I would challenge them. I'd look them in their face and just, just say what you want to be. Do you want to be the the puppy, the poodle, or do you want to be the pit bull? Which one you want to be? I mean, it's dead. Almost cursed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but no, for real, that's how I would look them in their face, man. But that that that's 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 the moment that they in right now. This you they need something, a surge or somebody to 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 pose a challenge in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, you can look at that, and I I listed it out, and it sounded daunting. But I mean, if you're if you have that dog in you, then you see those challenges and see them as opportunities. Because how, like you said earlier, how much can this all be flipped around if they just beat number fourteen Ohio State their next time out? Then you have a top ten, fifteen victory. You're fighting closer to five hundred overall fighting closer to 500 in Big Ten play. You're right back in the thick of things with the quality victory. You just, you know, it's time to take that next step. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's no other way to say it. And, you know, you use this as a building block, but you use the mountaintop that you want to climb. You know, are you going to stop at the base 
of Mount Everest and give up and give in, or do you want to sit on the peak? That, I mean, that's really what it comes down to, my guy. He's Eric Strickland, Husker Hall of Famer, long in time NBA vet. Strick, we we probably kept you up past your bedtime again, or at least past your uh, your radio time here, because <laughs> um, uh, no, we got we, we got to get uh, Connor Happer's reaction uh, from over at Pinnacle Bank Arena. So we're gonna go ahead and let you go. But thanks uh, thanks for your time and insight tonight. Always a pleasure. I'll see you guys soon. All right, All sounds right. good. There he goes, Eric Strickland uh, of Husker Hoops. We will be right back here on 93.7 The Ticket. Like we said, Connor Happer live at Pinnacle Bank Arena. He watched the game. We'll get his thoughts. He was at the post-game press conference with Fred Hoiberg, and he even saw Red Panda perform live twice today. So a lot to break down with Connor Happer. That's coming up next here on 93.7 The Ticket. Back to the Ticket's basketball post-game show featuring Derek Pearson and former Husker and nine-year NBA vet Eric Strickland. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Happy holiday season to everybody out there. This is the this is the basketball postgame show brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, Air, and Electric. Uh, so we're excited to partner with him to bring you this postgame show. Of course, Eric Strickland, we, we had to let him go. I mean, uh, great stories, great insight. Uh, um, and uh, But, I mean, it, it must be getting late. I never know where in the world is Eric Strickland is always a question that we can ask. So I don't know if he's on the East Coast. Maybe he's got to get to bed soon. Um, so we went ahead and let him go. Of course, we have to get to Connor Happer, who was at Pinnacle Bank Arena uh, tonight and uh, at the Fred uh, Hoiberg's postgame press conference. So we'll ask all about that. But, of course, the, the, the bigger question is which Red Panda performance was better uh, today the, at the women's game or at the men's game oh well it wasn't even close the, the men's game uh was was flawless the women's game there was uh there was some spillage um and uh it was it was quite jarring and uh, i respect you know i respect red Pan- my, my respect for red panda has gone up a lot since uh this afternoon because uh to recover the display of mental fortitude <laughs> after I mean I'm not kidding she was up on that unicycle trying to get the I mean she she tried to flip the five bowl the five bowl challenge up probably three or four times this afternoon just couldn't do it she had to you know she couldn't finish her show she was uh she was like apologizing to the crowd oh, no. uh it was very it was a very sad scene this afternoon but then to hop back up on that unicycle on the same court and uh, and get the job done tonight was was truly incredible. <laughs> I was wondering. There seemed to be. There's usually a rule of in media no cheering. But now that's usually for teams. So, but the halftime acts maybe you can. But I I mean I saw you were maybe leading, but the whole group of the media there was really into it, really cheering Red Panda on there at the end. So I, I now I understand well, more better the, the story I, throughout the day. Exactly. How could you not? How could you not root for that? It's, it's just a great success story. It, regardless of of who it is, uh, you pull for a person who uh, hops back up on the proverbial unicycle <laughs> That's right. and, can, uh, and, and can get the job done. <laughs> so great story from Red Panda throughout the day. Also great story for Nebraska basketball today, women's and men's. Uh, but uh, here specifically right now talking about the men's getting the win against Kennesaw State tonight, 88-74. to And uh, we'll get uh, Fred Hoiberg's thoughts from me here in a second. But what were your thoughts for the night? The offense certainly seemed to flow better. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was. You know, it, they and they they took a bit of a punch early. I mean, they they weren't getting much to go down. I was a little curious about some of the shot selection early, but 
they stuck to it. And then once a couple went down, it just everything felt a lot easier for them. Um, you know, and that that doesn't mean you have no issues and everything's fixed or anything like that. I thought it was a a, a really big Alonzo Verge game. Um, you, you saw it in the assist totals; he had twelve of them. But I mean, I thought he made a lot a lot of plays for a lot of people tonight, and not just on his twelve assists. His, I mean, he had a lot of passes that ended up in assists, probably three or four of those as well. Um, making simple plays, letting the game come to him. I thought that was really good, and then. I think guys knocking down shots. I, I thought the, the shot quality was, was much, much better tonight. I think they one of the new things they want to do is run a little bit through Derek Walker and get him post-touches. And, um, you know, I, I think he's a phenomenal decision-maker, um, you know, for for what he lacks going up against some of the Big Ten size and skill and, and athleticism. He makes up for in, um, you know, basketball IQ, and, and he's – He's one of the team's best passers, and he's a really, really good decision maker. Makes plays for other people and can take it by himself. Um, you know, it, it, especially in a situation like tonight where Kennesaw State's not a great post defense team. But so everything is uh, everything was good tonight. I thought everything checked out. Not so great on the offensive boards, um, yeah. you know. But that's that's common. Um, you know, it was a good it was a good uh, you know go into the break game I think for sure yeah it's certainly and maybe I mean by far the best shooting night for Nebraska I think the offense flowed a lot of corner threes a lot of finding the guy open a lot of passing um so just kind of uh, what what Nebraska fans have been hoping for to see some semblance of an offense and it certainly helps when some of those shots are falling but I still think too like it's not you know and Fred's been saying all along that they've had some good open looks but tonight was a little bit different and I, I think Part of that's Kennesaw State's defense, but part of it might be uh, part of the recipe moving forward uh, for Nebraska. Uh, do you think part of the recipe is for Verge to shoot a little bit more? It's kind of interesting as far as three-point attempts go, and he had a couple step-back ones. He's, he's only been averaging 1.8 three-point attempts per game this year. He averaged three-and-a-half last year and was hitting 33% of them, um, and it looked like at times this year he's kind of been hesitant to take them. Uh, tonight he wasn't so hesitant. What, do you think that's just maybe feeding off the energy of the other? other guys or is there you know a little bit there for Alonzo Verge you know never to be a great three-point shooter but you can't just accidentally shoot 33 percent from beyond the arc throwing up three or four a game yeah that's true it's a nice safety it's a nice safety net to have I think um not going to be your first option but um you know he's he's used to making plays for himself he's used to getting his shot so it's a thing that he can do I don't know if it's that's that's how that's ultimately the shot that they want at the end of the day it, but it's 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 good to have a capable shooter in that in that position. But his first um, his first responsibility is to kind of distribute and make plays for other people. Um, and if he can if he can be a threat from the three point line, then you know that's uh, that's even more power firepower for Nebraska to to go after. So yeah, I, I, I I'm curious to see what that looks like going forward, but I don't know if it's ever going to be like your primary thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I was just looking into the stats there and kind of noticed that he's a better three-point. Like, I think Nebraska fans, and, and myself kind of including before looking into it, kind of just look at it as, oh, he can't shoot the three very well. 
Well, he he has in the past shot okay. Again, thirty three percent is not fantastic, but it's a it, it'd be like leading the team going into tonight. Um, and right. so I I think that I think that's just a weapon that he has that we haven't quite seen yet. Um, but it's certainly not you know, it's not what you're going to lean on. But for some of those other guys that have to lean on that, I mean, Tominaga, um, finding some good shots tonight. Latmain even hitting a few. You know, it, it was like everybody got in the end of the action. Trevor Lakes coming hitting in one before the end of the buzzer there and two total for the night. Um. Do you think that he looks like a piece that they can use moving forward again? Do you think that it'll, it might be harder against the, the tougher competition to get him in there? You mean uh, Lakes? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, they've been him – and, um, him and Edwards, Keon Edwards, have been, you know, just weird in terms of minutes this year. They, they just seem like they're a little further behind a couple of the other options that they want to have there. Um, and they're both capable shooters, Lakes for sure. Um, and, and if your if your deal is like we want to, you know, if we're going to have a chance in these games, we got to really shoot the heck out of the ball. Then your your answer to that is probably Lakes instead of Edwards. Um, Edwards gives you a little bit more athleticism, but you know, even those five games, I think he started five games there in a row, and they won against lower quality competition. And and he, even in that game, Edwards only played, you know, about average of ten minutes. I think through that time. Um, so yeah, I, I can see Lake getting into there, into that competition a little bit. Um, you know, they they have. Uh, that's one thing that you know we probably a little with over the last. So they I, they still, and I was trying to hammer this home the whole. They still have capable shooters, so they're gonna have nights like this. Obviously, a lot of it has to do with Kennesaw State, um, you know, and, and the quality of the team that they were, but. You know, even going back to the Verge thing a little bit, like Verge getting more shots, I think, is the result of Verge making plays for other people because it's like a, it's a trickle-down effect. When Verge gets to make plays for other people and other people get open shots, then, you know, all of a sudden Verge is a little bit more open. So, like, that's the way the offense is designed. That's ultimately how they want it to be. You know, it's kind of – one thing leads to another. Um, you know, you got to guard it somewhere, and um, it looked like a pretty good picture of that tonight. It, it was, it was a definite, um, you know, building block. I think in the right direction. Yeah, and I, I think some of those assists too are kind of fun. I mean, I know the assists add up no matter what, but kind of those look away, uh, spin around assists that he had. Oh yeah, uh, kind of a la Cookie Miller and Cam Mack of Husker point guards past. Uh, kind of fun to see him kind of put on a show out there. And then Tominaga doesn't mind putting on a little bit of a show after he hits a three uh, or that fast break steal that he got. Well, he just went up and stole the ball from that guy and took it all the way into the lane. What is, I mean, as far as Tominaga goes, he's very interesting because he got benched early from the game, and and I want to get your thoughts again on on on, on this uh, or Hoiberg's thoughts on this but I did want to ask you too just about the overall philosophy of benching Tominaga benching McGowan's earlier we heard that that was going to happen coming into the game and it really seemed to to spark even spark Tominaga but spark the team as a whole to take better shots yes it definitely and, and it leads right into what what Fred kind of said after the game so they this, this team you know for for as much as they get criticism for um you know, maybe not looking all that cohesive, and they certainly haven't over the last week. I think a lot of that's been warranted. I, I think that's a button that you press when you feel like they can handle it. Well, e- either that or when you feel like they're kind of out of other options. And maybe it was a little bit of both, or maybe it was one or the other. But um, Fred, the first thing he said tonight, he was like, look, I, I got to credit these guys. We had a really tough 
and you know we had a really tough film session this week and they didn't take it personally and they they showed up and and uh you know took criticism and um you know responded to it tonight and and even during the game like you said when guys are getting pulled out I think it probably happened three or four times tonight um you know you got and and Fred said it was going to happen yesterday it was like, hey, you're taking a step back three. You're taking a bad look here. You're done. You see Fred goes immediately to the bench. Go. Next guy, go. Um, you know, that's – that's it could be a fragile deal there. And for a team that really nothing has gone well over the last three or four weeks here and, um, you know, is struggling to kind of try and find themselves, to respond to that and not kind of that be the last straw and crumble, that's – that's a pretty encouraging sign. That's a really good quality, I think, of this team. They seem to respond pretty well to that stuff. And that's certainly a good sign for the like. I know people are wondering, like, man, is this thing going to fall apart? What's it going to look like when it blows up? You know, these teams, and this team specifically, I don't know if they have that in their DNA. They'll keep showing up. They still lack a lot. But I think they're going to keep showing up, and that's that's certainly a, a commendable quality. Yeah, Nebraska's starting to, to to put some of the pieces together. Get the win tonight, eighty-eight seventy-four uh, over Kennesaw State. I'd like to thank Connor Happer live out there from Pinnacle Bank Arena. I do want to ask you one more question, though. Could any? Uh, how many other assistant coaches in Nebraska, just program histories, football or basketball, could get away with that ugly green sweater and probably not have too much people <laughs> talk about it, uh, other than Doc Sadler? Doc came out before the game. And he was wearing his green shirt, the, the green shirt that you saw on, on TV there. And, you know, I, I just thought, th- this is probably, this is an hour before the game. And I'm like, all right, Doc's just wearing his sweatsuit. You know, he's, yeah. he's going to go back in. He's going to go back in and put a quarter zip on or something like that. Nope, nope, he, he did not do that. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm not sure if he quote-unquote got away with it, you know, but it is definitely a, a Doc move. Um, to wear the I, like everybody everybody else is wearing red everybody's wearing the same thing it's all color coordinated and doc is wearing a green long sleeve t-shirt or sweatshirt <laughs> or whatever it was um, pretty pretty doc yeah, I love I love Doc's outfits. You know, even thinking back to like when the when Trev was hired, I think it was when he was just kind of in his gym shorts and it was kind of a long shirt. Uh, yes, that yeah. was classic. <laughs> yeah, Doc's always wearing something cool. I like Doc's you know, outfits style. And they and they ditched the suits this year and and. Like, you know, Fred Fred never wore a tie anyway because it was heart thing. But, like, they, they ditched the suits this year, and usually the alternative is quarter zip and, you know, or a polo. Yeah. And suck it in and, and you know, <laughs> have some slacks or whatever. Um, you know, can't, can't even bother Doc for that, which uh, <laughs> do you, man. That's well, he's got to be comfortable good. if he's going to coach very well. I mean, that, that's common sense, isn't it? Of course, naturally, yeah. <laughs> the only thing he was missing was the slippers. All right, Connor, we better let you go so we can get out of here and let everybody go to bed. Uh, but uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks, guys. See you tomorrow. <laughs> All right, there he goes, Connor Happer. You can catch him on Happer and Schaefer tomorrow, myself on Tom and Bach tomorrow, and actually uh, DP's show. DP's still 
out on a little bit of a Christmas vacation. So uh, uh, myself and Nick Sainer will take that one over. Uh, but, of course, turn in for early break. That's when things start off here on 93.7 The Ticket. There will be lots of coverage uh, for this Nebraska basketball win. Again, 88-74 over Kennesaw State. Nebraska improving to 6-7 and seven on the season, led by Casey Tamanaga tonight with 18 points. Alonzo Verge, 16 points, 12 assists and seven rebounds facing the Huskers as well. But that'll wrap it up for me. Jake Bakovin, I'd like to thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, I'd also like to say thank you on behalf of Big Sky over there, pushing the buttons, our producer, uh, and our board up, getting us out of here now. But, uh, again, thanks for joining us, and have a good night. We'll talk to you tomorrow.